episode. Hold on. Hold on. Pause. Hey. Hey everybody, we're actually in the middle of this episode, but Amanda it's forgot to introduce opening. Travis. But Amanda forgot to introduce Travis. So really quickly, Travis is gonna say a little bit about himself and tell us about him. <laughs> we'll continue with the podcast episode. Travis, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Do you want to tell the wonderful people about yourself? I was born at a very young age. I would fucking hope so. A time before time. <laughs> one student would go out into the world wanting to become a musician and somehow make his way onto a gaming podcast with other game developers and like-minded individuals. That person was me. Your boy, Travi. What? <laughs> I thought yeah, you I, said you were born on the wagon of a traveling show and your mother had a dance for the money they'd throw. I mean, that was more so my dad, but my, my aunt kind of dabbled in that a little bit. But, uh, you know, it, it, it was a tough life on the, the traveling farm roadshow circus. Did it keep catching on fire when you were stationed at the bottom? Yeah, all right. That was a reference yes. to a share song. Just do it. Just uh, <laughs> get out of in, here, Rez, yeah. Insert backstory here. Editor, put that in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how's it going, everybody? Also, you refer to the editor as Kevin on this podcast, even though no, Kevin hasn't man, edited it in months. <laughs> Travis, we have please. a culture. Travis needs to join our culture. That is the strangest way I've ever heard Amanda's name pronounced, but you know what? I'll roll with it. God damn it. <laughs> Cold Open, featuring a, a bunch of ramblings as we read a Time article about 50 video games that we may or may not agree with. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> with a new Jake. Oh. New Jake. Hi, I'm New Jake, aka your Jesus boy Travi. You can see Christ. me Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays on twitch.tv slash your boy Travi. That is going to be my one shameless plug for the beginning of the podcast. There will more than likely be ones later. Uh not to be confused with Yowie Boy Travi, which occasionally my friends read your name as. See, that's a new one. But you know what? <laughs> Given the nature of my community and the the chat, and especially the one that we had this morning about freaking hentai and donuts, you know, it, yep. it, it's all it's all on the table. Yeah, yeah, I know it is. Yeah. Both involve a lot of cream. This is true. I'm gonna pretend I didn't just eat a cream filled donut. So what are we talking about today? <laughs> so, okay. Uh, so prior to this opening that I completely forgot to do, Travis sent us an article that is the 50 best video games of all time written for the time article, whatever. Uh, I'm going to link it in the podcast description. So if you guys are curious about what we're going to talk through and chit chat about links down there. No, 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 no. You have to read the link, read the link out loud. (laughs) Time.com. No, HTTPS. Oh, Lordy. (laughs) Oh, Double slash. Make sure they're forward slashes, not backslashes. That's very important. You know, uh, full. I'm going to admit something right here. My brain can't comprehend which one's forward and which one's backward. And people are like, it's, it's. I don't know. It's slashed in one way or the other. And I'm like, I don't. My brain doesn't work this way. I'm, <laughs> I don't to know. this day, I don't entirely know why we have both of them, other than to make really cool ASCII art. Uh, there's certain like program stuff for it at like the command line level, but. I'm a game designer. I don't program. <laughs> it's fine. I'll be over here in my programming corner. <laughs> uh, Make sure we refill her water dish later, Travis. Fair, fair. Yeah, uh, you know, 
Hydrate or dehydrate, guys. I would like yeah. to not die. The collar's getting a little tight, too. Can I uh, request a larger one be added? Maybe with some rhinestones. Don't you own this company? Is it, Who's HR around here? <laughs> are you are you kink-shaming her right now? No, I, I'm just trying to figure out the financial structure of the badlings and the evil and the quacks and the pawns and all of the various other duck puns. Oh, it's easy. There's a secret spreadsheet that Amanda keeps that has all that information on it. Ah, for sure. Brand no guidelines. No one's allowed access to the secret security spreadsheet, but that's how it's governed. I want everybody Matthew. to know who's listening, though, that I uh, got the Discord role of evil podcast guest, and I am slightly disappointed that it wasn't a duck pun. You know... <laughs> it is kind of lazy now that you mention it. Okay. I was not consulted right. on that. I could have come up with something better. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Thanks Let's for insulting my evil names. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um... Also, because I forgot to do this intro, everybody listening, there's probably some great parts that we talked about prior to this intro, so I'm going to include them here now. send something y'all's y'all's way so time magazine did the top 50 games of all time and i scrolled all the way down to the bottom minecraft uh made its way in at number six but then we're looking at we're looking at tetris mario 64 legend of zelda ocarina of time doom my personal favorite miss pac-man oh super smash brothers my memory king's quest Bioshock. And King's Quest was in number 50. Pong. Oregon Trail. <laughs> oh, how many times have I died to dysentery? <laughs> Where's that stat? I remember Galaga. I would, I would oh, always Galaga. burn down my, uh, my little covered wagon and nobody would believe me. They'd be like, no, you're just sitting at the bonfire, dumbass. And I'm like, no, it can happen. <laughs> oh, The Sims? I still play The Sims. Missed Donkey Kong. Pokemon Red and Blue specifically. Yeah, that checks out. I don't want to talk about any of the newer ones. Yeah. Donkey Kong, Mortal Kombat. Counter-Strike at number 15. Oh, GoldenEye. How has GTA V lasted this long? That's another good question. Is it, doesn't it have that huge online component that I don't care about? Yeah, but that didn't come out till later. Even before the I thought the online component came out, it was still pretty big. I mean, oh, we could talk four. about... Games that like broke the the industry formula. Or do you think GTA did that? Either that, or they like made the new industry formula of, with all the the microtransactions and just milking the game titles. I, I could see a, an argument for that. Also, I do want to go on record as saying Ms. Pac-Man was vastly superior to all other forms of Pac-Man. Oh yes. My grandfather had a Miss Pac-Man arcade machine in his basement when I was growing up. That show was great. Did I ever win? No. Uh, 
But something about these games has definitely lasted the testament of time. All on these, li- all on this list. Yeah. And maybe some of it, some of it is because they've continued to release iterations on the city on the series. Like Super Smash Brothers has new iterations that come out, but people are still gravitating towards Melee. Yeah, there's such a there's such a toxic Melee community, but I also love Melee. <laughs> 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 Mario Kart, Super Smash, uh, not Super Smash, Super Mario World. Yo, I will go off on Guitar Hero's uh, Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero's impact on the music industry. I think all of these, though, looking at it, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And then we had Minecraft. My brain's like, maybe it's just because it's not the game for me. Yeah, it's like, but why like- is it so high up on the list? So I think Minecraft in the same. So I- I'm gonna date myself pretty hard here. Minecraft, I think, has the same issue that Goldeneye does on uh-huh. this list, like scrolling through this list, where if you were the right age and the right mindset at the t- at the right time, this thing is the, one of the most important things that will ever happen in your life. Mm. And if you're not, you're not. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Minecraft mm. has never genuinely appealed to me because by the time Minecraft came out, I was in graduate school and there was no way I could handle a time sink. Right? right. Like Fair. something that was going to absorb vast quantities of time was not available. I had had to quit. Wow. I missed wrath of the Lich King, which is one of those, like I kind of vaguely regret not being there for that. And Never I think played wow. So it, it's one of those things where it, in its day, in its time, in its place, it was a very important thing to be a part of. If this is something that's relatively important to you, I actually go through this a lot with. Um, you see, Magic players talk about it a lot too, but Miniature Wargaming does the same thing, where you're like, "Oh, I uh, I missed that edition of the game for some reason." Like the the three year period where that was king of the world, I was you know cranking out babies or was you know on a you know on a big job push or something like that. And when you start seeing things like that, I missed, for example, um, Old Warhammer Fantasy. Like, I just missed it entirely. Um, I was the wrong age. I was in the wrong place. I had the wrong interests. And uh, I'm just never going to be a part of that community as a result of it. In the same way, I'll never be a part of Minecraft. And I think that games that are on this list all have those communities built around them, like Ms. Pac-Man... Even when I was in college, one of the pizza places we would go to after the bar had a Ms. Pac-Man machine, and we all fought for high score. And it wasn't like our group. It was, you know, 30 people with quarters waiting to play Ms. Pac-Man. Yeah. Tetris has its own community, the ecstasy of order around it. Um, I think there's something to all of these games that hits that particular switch. I think my counterpoint to that, though, is that when I look at this list, I see... A lot of games that have some sort of major impact on the industry, they not the industry, or the genre they were released in, or maybe the entire industry. But then I look at Pac-Man, and I think, what what did it change? What waves did it ripple out? Did it actually create waves, or was it just, like Gender said, equality and arcade machines, damn it. <laughs> or is it like what you said, Mazzy, or is just people were there at the right time, they latched onto it, and... It became like a, I don't want to say cult classic, mm. but pretty large it became, cult. yeah, a, pre- a pretty large community from it because it was there at the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. I, I think to some degree, Ms. Pac-Man is like a perfected version of an arcade machine. Um, t- what? 
Go ahead, continue. Finish your point. No, no, I latched on to the Ms. Pac-Man part of that. Sorry. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I think I have said th- everything else, and you were just like, I heard Miss Pac-Man, my favorite <laughs> little Pac person with a bow, and I'm only going to yeah. talk about that. And now I'm going to ignore No. I, I, think those things, I think those things go hand in hand because it's like the iPod, right? What what made the iPod significant? Well, it was it has a technological achievement. It's a new way of listening to music. It presented a new way to get music. It removed a lot of problems from a lot of people's lives at that time. But also, it created culture around itself. It, right. I don't see a game on... I'm scrolling back through this list frantically, and we should definitely make sure we post this article. I will uh, include it. it in the podcast episode description, everybody. But the only one that I think is questionable in terms of what I'm about to say is actually Final Fantasy VI. All of these games have culture around them. These are games that, when they came out, a group of people made this their life. Right? Diablo II, GoldenEye, Flight Sim- uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, FF7, Halo, Mortal Kombat. Donkey Kong, all of these things have their own cultures, and I think that that's because those innovations are there. I think in video games, those two things latch onto each other, and I don't know that you can actually fully say, like, can we think of anything that did one but not the other, would be my question. That created culture but didn't innovate on something? Yeah, they didn't have a major industry impact innovation. Hmm. I'd be down to analyze through this, to be honest. Well, looking through it. I thought we were already down the rabbit hole. Were we not? We're already down the rabbit hole. Start going. Start looking at them. (laughs) Pong, Castlevania, Portal 2, Braid. Mist, the Pokemon games, The Sims, Wolfenstein, Mario Kart, Red Dead, Galaga, Fallout 3, Braid, Portal 2, Castlevania, inexplicably, because I don't think that game was that good in its day. Like, personally, I just didn't like it that much, but, like, yep, no arguments there. Bioshock, Call of Duty 2, which could just be Call of Duty whatever. I mean, hell, even Angry Birds. Like... Even Angry Birds on there. Blowing up the mobile market. And, I mean, Dota 2 coming in hard for, for the MOBAs, but in the same way that, you know, honestly... It's the most impactful because of how it got made, but it it's a big deal. These are big, big deals. They made a class of gamer. Like, you can say I'm a MOBA gamer and people know exactly what that is. Yeah. Hmm, I see, I see. Civilization. A- even Angry Birds. Like, there's definitely a group of people that are Angry Birds players. I mean, yeah, it's the Facebook moms and the toddlers, but yeah, it's still a group. I- yeah, I, I, yeah, but I mean, we also live in an era where, and Jesper Jewell covers this in Casual Revolution, which I talk about all the time, and I actually just read a bunch of books that I'm analyzing that are going to come up in the next couple of podcasts, but where they're now the unsung heroes. Those are the people that are pouring stupid amounts of money into games, but in $5 increments. Mm-hmm. And they're not even whales. It's just that there's so damned many of them yeah. that... They're their own group of gamers, and they need to be serviced by the industry, but none of them work in the industry. Exactly. The reason we have free-to-play. Oh, freemium, free-to-play. You name it, you got it. Hey, I don't buy a new skin every time I pick a new main League of Legends. What's your problem? You do. You do. Don't lie to the listeners. I I feel like the... (laughs) 
I didn't, you know, spend hundreds of dollars trying to get the witch mercy skin from 2016. Oh, Bitch, I farmed that shit. I have almost all the Mercy skins at the time when I stopped playing. Uh, the only Mercy skin I was missing was the one that you had to donate money to the breast cancer awareness thing to do, and I didn't have money at the time to donate. For our listeners, this is our obligatory Overwatch reference for this podcast. We reference Overwatch in every single episode. Because I- it has <laughs> culture around it. Because it does have culture around I it. I didn't even realize we were still recording the podcast. I thought we were, at this point, still discussing topics. But hi, everybody. My name's Travis. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Travis, I feel like that's Amanda's Travis problem to sort out here, Jake. Fuck. That's right. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, so, hold no. on. Hold oh, on. that those have most likely been included if I can edit at all. <laughs> so, like, 50-50. My 50-50 chance right there, okay? Uh, Mazio, your main point that was brought up prior to us doing the intro because I just completely fucking forgot about it um, was that all the games on this times list that we're looking at uh, had a community surrounding them, and that's what made them impactful to the industry or Culture. the genre they released. Culture. Culture. Thank you. They had some form of culture out in them. Um, and I think when I look at it that way, Minecraft makes a little bit more sense because I'm going to look at it from more of a community side of things. So I think you need a community to then create culture because while you can develop and build some form of culture into your game, it's really if the community latches onto it and what they take and run with it, right, to make it and generate that culture. Am I making yeah, sense? The, yeah, the community makes the culture around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Minecraft, I think, looking back on it when it first released, prior to my, prior to Microsoft getting it, it was really developed by one person. And if we're being entirely honest, it was a shitty sandbox game. <laughs> it, like, there, <laughs> it was just shitty. I mean, it was all cave exploration. And even then, like, the, the caves were more bare than the, the pre-cave update that they just launched not too long ago. There was nothing to do at that point in time in Minecraft. He slowly started to add things in, but really, I think what made Minecraft as big as it is is that the modding community latched onto it and created amazing <laughs> mods to it. Like, Honestly, redo though. the entire textures, tweak the random generation of the land, add in new features to it, add in enemies, add in animals water biomes etc and slowly these things actually started to get incorporated into the game itself oh, right yeah. by the developer and whatever but it was really the community and the modders that for whatever reason they took this blank slate of the game and made it their own and maybe because it was such a blank slate that they were able to get away with it thoughts opinions well it's interesting too like it, i don't know if y'all actually went through and read some of the little blips that time magazine put on these different games but i specifically love this one line about minecraft which is number six in this list by the way that needs it to be is mentioned high up there. it is yeah. high, much higher than i think any of us thought it was going to be yeah. Um, but they put it that the game has very recognizable structures and mechanisms put another way. It's part spreadsheet and part bonsai pruning. 
And the idea that like Minecraft essentially is just blocks, chunks of information with little, little tags and little binary, you know, ones and zeros attached to it. It never occurred to me that essentially by mining and creating these things, you're just reorganizing bits of data. Oh yeah. So like the bonsai pruning thing does make sense. What, what interests me though, is that like the, the modding community that you're talking about, that's how I was introduced to Minecraft. Like I'm going to you know throw my age out there. I am 23 years old, which means I am ancient and no longer useful in my own industry. Um, <laughs> but the, <laughs> the idea that like, um, you know, the, the YouTubing community, like freaking Yogg's cast and all those guys, you had captain sparkles yeah. making music videos about this. You know, there, there was a huge kind of cult boom behind it, but then it, I think we had discussed like before we officially started recording, you know, the cult got really, really freaking big. It did partially in due to it being picked up by the streamers. Well, not even streamers at that time, YouTubers. True. I mean, honestly, we didn't have like a, there wasn't a huge boom for like live formats, but, uh, uh for a primarily single player game up until they started doing more multiplayer stuff, people started modding and all that good stuff. Uh, it, it just baffles me the, the growth that it saw, like what was the interest? What was the appeal that brought people in back in 2011? And that's something that I can't quite put my finger on. We've previously talked, Mazio, Jake and I have previously talked on this podcast about why did yeah, that, Among Us, way. yeah? Why did Among Us boom uh, when it did? And at least at that point, we can say, well, everyone was trapped inside with quarantine, and they really wanted some social interactions. And being able, that game filled that niche or that need mm -hmm. that people had for that time. So that's why it boomed as much as it did. But looking at, I just googled literally November 2011 historic events, and I was like, did anything happen in November or maybe December? I want to look at to like something about this game. That it just hit. Or maybe I want to look at player count Minecraft graph and see when it actually peaked. For sure. And ask this question. Well, I'm leading. I mean, in Go January, ahead. Estonia officially adopted the euro currency to become the 14th eurozone country. So I think that's definitely <laughs> the reason. And I will no longer be reading the rest of the Wikipedia article. Makes oh total sense. What the oh, yeah. Minecraft, what if I want of all time? This will show me from Friday, March 19th. There was a huge dip and then a wow, fucking spike on March 20th. I want of all time game. All time. Does anyone anyone have this statistic? Anybody find that statistic? Oh, oh, okay, here, wait, I have a Minecraft timeline. Alright. Minecraft Minecraft was born in 2009. With just a cave game of cobblestone and grass. Sounds about right. Then they had May 16, 2009. They added trees, coal, iron, gold, bedrock, sand, gravel. Then they added a multiplayer test, flowers, grass, wool, commands, mushrooms. And that was in May 2009. Survival test with creepers, late classic creative mode, India dev, crafting tables, tools, and diamonds, 2009. Oh, these, yeah, because this is, and then the alpha starts. 
And then you have people in the alpha and mm. beta in 2010 of December. Beta, beta, beta. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. When does it officially release? Beta 2, adventure update 1, beta 1.8. Oh, 1.0. Here we go. Did you know the game was fully released during Minecon 2011? Minecon? Did you know? What is Minecon, guys? <laughs> Minecon. A fan convention for Minecraft. Minecon these nuts. <laughs> Got them. Jesus. So by 2010, that was the first Minecon, which was more than 30 people gathering at Bellevue, Washington. More than 30? <laughs> yeah, Look, that was 180 feet side to side. That's before this game, though, like, officially was released. That was just beta testers gathering. And they I already knew Minecraft- at that point in time they wanted a convention for it. What? Well, they already but- knew at that point in time they had to socially distance as well, so. Oh my god! Ahead on everything. That's that's ballsy though to that's create your own convention before 1.0. A year later, so 2010 was 30 people. 2011, 5,000 people. It went that's, from 30-ish people right? to 5,000. I, I failed. I failed math. Is that more? That is yeah, I'm a Westfall student, so I'm basically a functioning illiterate. Um, Bellevue. Why Bellevue, Washington? Is that why you spell your... Is that why you spell Jake so weird, Travis? Yeah, that's why I I spell Jake with a a T-R-A-V-I-S and a Twitch link. 2012, the next one was then to take place in Paris Disneyland Park. Excuse me? What the fuck? 4,500 people attended that one. 2013 is 7,500. That's crazy. Well, listeners, you've learned that we know nothing about Minecraft. I mean, yeah, but like, what? Who who was the marketing genius that pulled off renting out Paris Disneyland Park for Minecraft? Like, who pulled this off? Who does Notch know? Notch, if you're listening, add me on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> It was the greatest play of all time. (laughs) Somehow we need this in front of Notch. Uh, I'm going to tweet him. So there's something something about this game that people latched onto and it (laughs) exploded before it even officially released. Well, so like I can I can see the appeal of essentially digital Legos. You know, back before we had Roblox and all of this other nonsense, like the the idea of just building something and being creative, that does actually appeal to me. And and me and Amanda have gone back and forth with this. I can't fucking stand Minecraft. But, survival mode. But the survival mode, exactly. I, I don't like the survival mode for the sole purpose that it doesn't actually teach you how to play. It's like going into a coffee shop and it's just like, I would like one coffee and then the barista asking you how to make it. <laughs> like, I have, what am I supposed to do with this information? But the creative out of blocks, mode, though, right? Yeah, out of blocks, exactly. You know, what, what's, okay. the, what's the crafting recipe for, uh, for a cup of coffee? But the creative mode is a whole different story. Like, you go in and you have all of the tools at your disposal. You're able to kind of figure it out and see what you want to do and what you want to... Uh, 
uh, create. And I feel like that's the major appeal that I saw early on for, unfortunately, you know, I had a, uh, I had a friend in middle school and high school who was absolutely obsessed with Minecraft and, uh, he was not the nicest person. So I kind of associated the game with him and was just like, yeah. nah, I don't want, I don't want that. Nope. Nope. If that's what Minecraft does, if that's what the Yogg's casts are teaching us, nah, we're not doing that. <laughs> so in the previous episode, no, two episodes ago, the episode that I just edited. Wait, can I, can I say something real quick? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. That story really does speak to community though, right? Like, had that person been different, you probably would have become whatever the hardcore equivalency is for Minecraft. Uh, Stonecrafter, I would guess? Diamond armor? I don't know. Diamond hands crafter? Don't ask me. Could have been the next Tobuscus if it it wasn't for Ethan in middle school. Fucking Ethan. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I mean, like, that's where this is coming from, right? Where it's like, if you had, if your group had been good... They would have pulled you in. A couple of other people would have gotten pulled in. You would have ended up with a with a small but still very sturdy Minecraft community that runs this. And all of a sudden, those pods are popping up everywhere. And even if your ratio is bad, like thirty percent success rate of getting these things off the ground, there's that's still a lot of people, right? And then those pods want to connect with other pods. It's actually the way it's being described by Amanda reading through the history. It's exactly how miniatures wargaming and competitive tabletop games work mm-hmm. where it's like a couple of people over here at this store and a couple of people over there in that store. And then, you know, across the river in New Jersey, there's five or 10 people over there. And all of a sudden, like 15 people can show up on a Saturday or 20. And then when there's a, re- a big regional event, you can have a couple, you can have a hundred, maybe usually not like 40 would be a lot, but still, all and of a sudden, you one can have year you're buying events. Disneyland. Yeah, I mean, then one year you have like like there's literally a place called Warhammer World in England that's like just that. It's it's exactly exactly what it sounds like. It's on my bucket list of places to see. I have a few. No, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I have, it, a, th- it, go I have ahead. a few things to say about what you just said, Matthew. None of them really relate to one another, so I'm just gonna say. <laughs> One, this reminds me of uh, what we previously talked about on this podcast, where you kind of went over the board gaming communities need a bunch of people to get in and survive and create these pods, right? I think Minecraft emulated that because Minecraft, you always had to set up your own server. There was never one place to gather in Minecraft. True. Instead, it was create your own private servers and host them for a bunch of friends and build your own community, which fits with the game store vibe that happens with miniature wargaming or board games in general. You pick a game store, you go there, that's your little community pod, your little hub, right? Two, another thing that I want to consider, I think we talked about it in the Capital One, which should release tomorrow, which is... But tomorrow, real time, when you're recording, not which tomorrow is April this 20, is released. Which is... <laughs> Yeah, which is March 21st, March 21st. Um, of 2022. We, 2021, where we talked about games fulfilling a psychological need when players. And we talked mostly about it with Dark Souls and Monster Hunter and that buildup of negative catharsis or that negative capital, sorry, not catharsis, that negative capital that built up and then the release was the reward you got from it and it emulated real life and it scratched like an itch 
that a lot of people needed. I think if we start asking ourselves, what itch does Minecraft fill? Uh, what psychological need did it give in these players? Because if we look at it from a design aspect, it was a very bland board game. There was, and Travis hit, Travis kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, it was a bad adventure survival game, too. Like, there was, mm -hmm. no, it taught you, it didn't teach you how to do <laughs> anything. Yeah. Good luck learning how to craft shit. It was a bunch of other people slamming things into a workbench. Yeah. And seeing what combination worked. And then document, the community chose to document it itself. There was no hints in game. There was nothing that taught you how to do that in the game. It well, was all just you learning it yourself, posting about it online, and other people started to learn about it. Well, right? and that and was the, that, that was the only reason that I even knew how like how to start a game of Minecraft. Like if you put me in the middle of a wilderness, I would not know to immediately start punching trees. Right. Like there was nothing that what? indicated that like you should start hitting things with your little block fist. Wait, 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 wait. Travis, when you go on a hike, do you not just punch like most of the trees you see? Uh for legal purposes with Yellowstone National Park, I'm not at liberty to answer. Okay, all right, but like you see how it directly relates to real life, then? Yes. Okay. Kevin, keep that in. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, Everything you hoped would go away with Jake has survived. That's because everybody listens to you when I bring them on the podcast. There is no yeah. Jake anymore. It is only your boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, boy. I'm daddy. It's okay. Yeah, that's true. Dad a boy. Father. Uh, oh, 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 oh. Poppy? <laughs> now we're oh. now we're a duo apparently. I'm okay with it. Uh, I'm cool with that. I mean, I get to but, be Atreus okay. in this situation. Jake, I'm not listening. He means Jake. If you're listening, he means nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought what we had was special. Special. It I've is. only been here wanna... for 54 minutes. How can you say that I am not as important? <laughs> you are. I just don't want him to feel bad. Okay. <laughs> So, to, not to moderate as a guest speaker, but you know what? Why? Why is it that like some of the games on this list, and, and we're kind of touching on it a little bit with Minecraft and like the community behind Minecraft? I feel like there's a handful of these games on the list that are household names, like regardless of your age or demographic or upbringing, like you know these titles. Like if I told you know an 80 year old man. Uh, about uh, Miss Pac-Man, he would probably say like, oh yes, I remember. And then you tell a, a kid these days, they're just like, oh yeah, the one on the Cartoon Network show. And I'm like, fucking excuse me? But yeah, wait, there's a Cartoon Network show? I I'm pretty sure. It's either that or uh, Nickelodeon. Yeah, somehow Car they made a TV Cartoon show. Cartoon Network still exists? Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah, R Rebecca Sugar has to be able to put her cartoon somewhere. Uh, I love her. She she owns Cartoon Network at this point. Let's be real. <laughs> but like Tetris, the number one on this list, every single person who has ever had to arrange or organize any form of box knows what Tetris is, how it works, and generally, you know, the the vague history behind it. Was it made officially a verb at one point? I to think say that you're so. Tetrising stuff, which is like you're packing things in tightly. Let's check. We have the internet. Jamie, pull that up. Tre Tetris uses a verb. Words we're watching for the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Tracking the real-world applications of classic video games. What the crap? Kids who grew up in the 80s and 90s remember Tetris. For decades, the game's has challenged. Da -da -da. Tetris hasn't gone anywhere. 
game known as there's a whole article about this on the oh, yeah. website. It's it's still active. They're they're still making new ways to play Tetris. Tetris ninety nine, right? Was that the new Yeah, Tetris ninety nine, and then they made like a VR version, which is apparently brilliant. I've never oh, played it personally. There's a bunch of the, quotes. Somebody the crew also managed to, tet- to Tetris it inside. Which made Tetrising each member behind Bob's desk a bit of a challenge on NPR. Tetris right, so, together. So, Travis, I'm sending you a complete history of the Soviet Union that is sung <laughs> to the Tetris <laughs> sound. Uh huh. Oh my lord. There you go. Amanda, make, or uh, not Amanda, sorry. Kevin, make sure that goes into the description, okay? I'll consider it. It's called I Am the Man Who Arranges the Blocks if you can't get to it. Uh, Tetris <laughs> is hardly the first verb to be coined by a video game, by the way. Pac-Manning and Froggard was, has also been used. Froggard just sounds like you're it's going out for, for two shots for one dollar kind of deal. <laughs> like You, you just when, come back and the next day you're just like, man, I'm fucking Froggard. The thing, so... The thing is, I see a double standard here. When John Cassish was incorrectly eating pizza or Pac-Manning his way through Bronx deli menus, no one questioned what the food would do to his figure asked him to produce a caloric number and let readers do the guesswork. Quote from Catherine Speller for Bustle, 19 April 2016. Froggard is... And then the night came back to me in fleeting patches, walking and walking and walking aimlessly, shivering, tucking my arms inside my t-shirt, cursing out a security guard, guilty only of trying to help me find my way back to the hotel, and then the blaring of car horns as I froggered across the Vegas Strip on foot. George Watsky, How to Ruin Everything, 2016. Yeah, all right. Damn. Crazy. So... You're, you're, you were talking about yeah. how like some of these have become household names, yeah. and it becomes so ingrained into our culture. And then I went on this tangent, but continue, please. Well, well, so even then, you just brought up like a handful of other titles that uh, some of them are actually on this list. I know Pac-Man definitely is. I don't think I remember seeing Frogger on here, but you know, th- there's there's so many cultural references and even like memes. Uh, I know the the term meme didn't really show up until early two thousands, but like like dying of dysentery on Oregon trail. Every person who grew up in a, with a computer class knew exactly what this meant. Right. Yeah. It meant that you starved your, you starved your family and you pushed your oxen to the limit. You took no extra anything. And then none of you made it to even like, you know, Iowa. Like if, even if you had never played Oregon trail, you still like understand, like there's some sort of correlation between the Oregon Trail that we learn about in history and the game that made it so famous. True. And yes, I, the I, Oregon Trail game did make that event in history famous. Look it up. Uh, don't don't I'm actually look thinking, it up. That's a terrible fun fact. And uh, please don't fire me for perjury. Disclaimer. <laughs> uh, you, you can't I'm be perjured. You're at, not under oath. I'm also looking at Halo Combat Evolved. And I sent a meme in my Discord the other day, which let me scroll up and find it. I can't really link it, but I'll do my best to describe it to people. What? <laughs> I can't. I really don't know nothing, how to get it. Nothing says OK Boomer like describing a meme on a podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay. It says 
It's one of those memes that's like no one, literally no one, not a single soul in the universe. And then it says Halo players. And all it is is a picture of an SUV somehow jammed into a stairwell. You have no idea how it got there, but it's just an SUV that's jammed into the stairwell, okay? And like two people who had never played Halo, uh, whose names I won't mention, said, I have never played Halo, but I know what this GIF is referencing. I know what it means. Which is a testament. (laughs) Yes. Which is a testament to the Halo community and how much culture it had surrounding the game. When when even non-Halo players can look at it and be like, yep, that's some idiot player trying to jam the Warthog into every possible location ever. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's an all-terrain vehicle, right? Like, it's got (laughs) two split axles. I'm going to make it all-terrain. So it can go anywhere, even into the giant pit. (laughs) And it's fine. Does anybody remember the fact that Steve Jobs was the one who introduced, like, unveiled that Halo was going to be a thing? What? Really? Yeah. Yeah. T- no, they, but- they, they mentioned it in the Time article that it was Steve Jobs who first introduced Bungie's Halo Combat Evolved to the public, promising in 1999 it would arrive simultaneously on Windows and Mac. That was before they what? got uh, bought up by Microsoft. Right. That, of course, was before Microsoft acquired the studio and turned Halo into the definitive 2001 Xbox launch title. I mean, I know I bought an Xbox to play Halo. Like, I, I know. I was, I was in college and I used my tax return and everything to buy a, uh, a an Xbox to get uh, Halo. I know that I constantly stayed up until 3 a.m. across the street at a neighbor's house on his Xbox playing through all the Halos while the dads of both of us sat outside and drank beer around a fire until ungodly hours. I know that I grew up in a good Christian family and was not allowed to play (laughs) such shooty games, but playing Guitar Hero for all hours of the night, singing about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, totally fine. What double standard? But shooting, shooty the aliens do be bad. Oh. I just played this uh, last month. Last month for the first time. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes, he did uh, on stream. Yeah, I, I played the the remaster, which I gotta say, I'm brilliantly surprised by how well that game was optimized to be able to switch back and forth between the remaster and the original graphics. At the graphics. press of a button. At right? the press of a button, I could literally just hit a button on my controller and it would it would switch. But that game frustrated me to no end, specifically because of the ending. For for the sole purpose that the rest of the game I was totally fine with. I was just like, yep, this is first person shooter, revolutionize, you know, the the modern 3D uh, you know, multiplayer shoot 'em up. But the the ending, if you're gonna make something require jump mechanics, set everything to the height at which the player can jump. <laughs> I don't wanna have to like halo, you know, doom strafe my way through the level just to beat the final boss. This reminds me of uh, an issue Mazio had with, I think, like our third episode ever on this podcast. Oh, gosh, that stupid game. The stupid, the game where it suddenly became a platformer when it was never a platformer prior to that. Wait, which game? Uh, Deliver Us the Moon. That's it. Ah, yeah. We did a whole review on that. I do want to say, too, one of the big things that happened in Halo's heyday was a... uh, well, what would now be a YouTube show, but wasn't because that didn't exist really. Uh, a thing called Red vs. Blue. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, Loved it. 
and that's the kind of culture stuff I'm talking about, where it's like, you look at this list, and Zelda had a TV show, Pac-Man had a TV show, Mario had a TV show, Doom's had a movie, right? Tetris has documentaries and other things based around it. The iconography of these games gets borrowed into other things. We already talked about the Oregon Trail. WoW actually, like, has an unimaginable amount of stuff. Mm -hmm. The thing I find very interesting, though, is that this list does cherry-pick the titles of Dynasty games. So, looking at number 11, Sid Meier's Civilization, they picked four, four, which is 100% the fan declared favorite like playing civ 6 people talk about how they miss civ 4 right damn i usually see that with five i know there are some hardcore players online who are like four was harder because it had all this and i was like four had the shittiest ui possible but you right no i think the difference is that four hit a different grouping of people based upon like age and demographics are like, we going? Are we relating back to again what we've previously talked about on one episode? They all blur together because I edit them. Um, where fuck, we talked about you. it. I don't remember any of them. <sighs> this is my first podcast, ladies and gentlemen, um, and everyone oh, outside and in between. Oh, so I appreciate it, Daddy. We talked about games being. Uh, Okay, we're just gonna brush right over that. Cool. <laughs> yes. well, Amanda's like, if I just ignore it, they'll stop. We won't stop. That's not how that works. I know you haven't stopped for seventeen fucking episodes. I guess I am <laughs> your little pog champ. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> There's that side that I like live for with Amanda, where it's like, uh. We talked about it in a previous podcast. Uh. This evolution of games where they were, we talked. We actually talked about the one that I just edited. So the capital one, the I think I named that title, "Monsters, Souls, and Producers." Oh my! We talked in that one how games started to appeal to a wider audience of people. So naturally, they became a little bit easier as time went on to try and branch out to widen the audience. Do we think a similar thing has happened with Civ? Is that kind of where you're getting at? It's like Civ Four was it knew what audience it wanted and it held on to that and then with each iteration they've tried to expand to reach a wider variety of people no actually what what i think is a little more complicated than that the people that played civ one and two and i'm gonna say i'll include three in there remember it before it hit like really good graphics and the systems really worked properly and the complexity was able to be put in and the, the machines that it was on could handle it and the game could run that and when you hit that sublime moment where all of a sudden, man, it is hitting all of the nodes, right? Number 13 on this list, SimCity 2, same exact boat. Previous iterations promises were fulfilled in that title for mm. a large range of people. They right? finally hit their stride. After like right. a few iterations out, they worked out the bugs. They finally solidified what they wanted to do and this was it but in the flow of civilization to in your reference to civ 5 is if you came in at three for whatever reason like in this case because you were born later than i was right Mm -hmm. you're you're gonna hit a later civ for that promise because the promises are inherently different yeah each yeah each iteration promises something different when you look at quake quake fulfills the promises of previous 
of previous games put out by id software and things like that counter-strike for example is the what is counter-strike fulfilling counter-strike is fulfilling all of the games like tribes that were so close to that esports thing to being played online and this is the game that hits that and then the culture builds around it in the same way that in a very real sense halo fulfills goldeneye the potential that's unlocked onto a console through rare in goldeneye is actually fulfilled by bungie almost what like close to a day like eight years later seven years later nine so rare's 1997 that was goldeneye halo was 21 so four years no that was not right that's six years you know what? We're not going to do math. math. We're not going to do math. <laughs> We're not going to do math. And then We're not the math other people. things, the other things that are recognized on this list, right? Ms. Pac-Man, same case, different grouping of things, mm-hmm. are the what I would term. I'm going to use a Warhammer term here. God help us all. The Primarchs, Mario, the original Legend of Zelda, which is then fulfilled later on by Ocarina of Time and Mario 64, Tetris. And I think really what we're looking at on this list, what they're the way they're weighting these games are. You're either the Primarch or, oh gosh, I don't want to use this term, but the, the Fulfiller. So you're either making the promise or fulfilling yes, the promise. Fulfilling it. Okay. You're okay. Either, yeah. And that's the same with Mortal Kombat. Like the original Mortal Kombat, I mean, I played the hell out of it. <laughs> was it was it the best? No. I mean, Mortal Kombat 2 was substantially better in almost every respect. But Mortal Kombat 2 didn't really perfect it. Right, that's why melee is so popular still. Oh, we talked I about melee that. like an hour ago. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same way that like Super Mario Kart. Super Mario Kart is the promise, but we haven't really had that promise totally fulfilled. Though many people would be like, sixty-four kind of does it. Eight is pretty close. I'm a double dash lover, but same double dash. But like, we haven't had that one where like the whole weight of the community lands on yeah. this Mario Kart fulfills the promise of this franchise. Of right. the entire legacy. Right, right. And then, I mean, obviously things go on and things change and things continue because that's how life works. But that's really, like, through the course of this conversation, I've been trying to riddle out how some, like, why does this make it and not that? And why did you pick this version? And mm. really what you're looking at is promises and fulfillments of different things. Resident Evil 4 is really the fulfillment, like, literally... It's the fulfillment of the Resident Evil franchise for everybody who played before it came out, right? right? And then you have a different group that really thinks 7 is that fulfillment because they came in at a different time. No one's right or wrong in this scenario because it's about life experience and the culture that goes into these games. Like, you talked about Guitar Hero. I loved Guitar Hero, but Guitar Hero came in at the wrong time of my life, so it never hit that, like, oh, moment. Mm-hmm. With well, that in... Go ahead, Charles. Uh, I was going to say, you know, it's it's interesting seeing the legacy and the the kind of uh, you know cherry picking that they're doing along with these, because looking at Guitar Hero on this list, number forty seven, they chose the original Guitar Hero, and honestly, I feel like Guitar Hero hit its stride with number three when they introduced you know the actual song licenses. They had Slash and Tom Morello and all these famous you know guitar gods come in to try to make all of this seem more real. Uh, I, I'm interested, like, are there other ones on this list that you would say, you know, they they missed the mark as far as the, the title that they chose? Hmm. 
I think there's ones that I don't know if they hit the mark. King's Quest at no, 3 at number 50, because I wasn't really playing it in that era. I came into them later. So Fair. Gran Turismo, I don't know that 3 was really the one for Gran Turismo. Mm. Um, well, we also have to keep into account, this was written back in 2016. Apparently yeah. at 5 a.m. So he was having a, a great time. <laughs> But that said, I don't know that a lot of, I mean, a lot of these franchises that have had additional games since then, I don't know that that would have shifted, like, Red Dead Redemption, for example, coming in at 34, I don't think Red Dead 2 would displace it. I don't think Red Dead 2 delivers the promise of that franchise. Mm. Fallout 3, I think, is questionable only because most people would consensus say Fallout New Vegas that I know would be the fulfillment of the Fallout, of the new versions of Fallout. True. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting too because, like, some of these they don't pick a uh, a legacy title; they choose the entire series. Like Super Smash Brothers coming in at number forty four, they're showing screenshots from Melee, but they're but saying they say, yeah, all of like all of Super Smash Brothers. We know King that's the- not true. Very elaborate seven. variant of King of the Hill. Can't we can't agree with that because of the uh, brawl fiasco that occurred, which is possibly the most hated rendition of the series. Oh Jesus! What a weird, weird. The single player in that, I was like, I'll play through this in like an hour or two, and I'm like, it, the, the single player for this is a full like side scroller that you built in 3D. What yeah. what am I experiencing right here? So Melee had like a single player campaign, which was side scrolling mm-hmm. and a little bit of platforming. Uh, but the the issue with Brawl is that Nintendo always has this concern where they're like, we don't want our games to be too competitive. We want them to be family friendly. And then they make some of the most competitive games of all time. God damn. And then so then they were like, we're going to add tripping, which is a random thing that happens in Brawl whenever you try and do your stupid little dash moves. And the entire community was like, what? excuse me (laughs) you just took a main part of everything we do at competitive tournaments and how we play this game and you said no 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 an accident we're gonna make we're gonna stop you from doing that and playing the game how you've been playing the game for the past many iterations of this Uh, so that's why brawl has become the most hated one i'm pretty sure is mostly the (laughs) tripping um but no i mean that's that's something I, interesting to think about is this whole idea of like what game promises, ha- actually, what game f- delivers promises and what game fulfills them. I actually have a uh, friend that's a su- is a very serious Smash Brothers competitive player. So if we ever want to tap that resource, we can. I'm sure he'd come on for a session. One of my exes was actually really into Melee, so that's why I know as much as I do about it. Yeah, I but. mean, I I don't know anything about. It. I'm terrible at fighting games. I'm a competitive gamer by nature, but I'm so bad at fighting games that I don't. I won't do it. Oh, I'm just <laughs> Kirby up, 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 down B. That's that's all I know. Well, so, you know, the power of move gets you there. Why yeah. not? So I think what we've come to, if I'm able to try and wrap this up, is. These games are as popular as they are because a culture by the commu- was built by the community around them. Something right. something about Fair, them yeah. fulfilled a need or itch at that time, be it from something previously promised in the series and then fulfilled by something later in the series or promised by something else in the industry and fulfilled in this game that released. 
they just they fulfill that need and then spawn communities around them that then create additional pieces of culture to go along with them, which make them outlast time mm. or last the test of time, I should say. Not really outlast. Does that wrap it up? Some yeah. summarizing? Yeah, I think so. Cool beans. Why um, isn't Dark Souls on this list? So because Dark Souls doesn't actually have culture around it. <laughs> it just has a community. No, no, I don't. I love Dark Souls. Like I will defend that game to the death because I think it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. But there is not a culture around Dark Souls right now. There's no the- like spinoffs. There's no really product lines from it. There's there's a lot I- of fan made community like theories. True. True. Yeah. Community I think support. The game that- the game that should, would be on this list now but would not have warranted being on this list in 16 is Monster Hunter because it had a movie and it's hitting that point where... Shitty movie. Hey, you know what? I haven't watched it. I'm actually watching it um, like tonight. Um, oh, not... Oh, can it's I come? Saturday. I yeah. Like, God damn welcome. it. Yeah, of course. Hell yeah. Um, the uh, The big deal with it is that that's the marker right where you're starting to see external forms of media and people that are like oh that's like monster hunter and they don't like you said they have no idea what they're talking about i forget travis i think you said that like an hour ago Mm -hmm. um but i think monster hunter would make this list now because that's what's happening with it but that's post monster hunter world true true well, and I'm interested because you, you brought up video game movies, which uh, I've yet to find one that I like besides Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um, Assassin's Creed. I, I actually, love- I'm actually going to advocate for the new Jumanji with Jack Black and The Rock. What? Really? Yeah, really? because it actually is a movie that follows video game rules perfectly. What? Uh-huh. I haven't seen it, so I'm actually very interested in this. But um, I will I- add that to my list. Our movie night is moving in a direction of I want to watch like crappy movies that were made about video games and like weird, <laughs> weird movies. Like we watched Men with Brooms last week, which is How a I Canadian movie about curling. Yes. Yeah. Very intense Canadian curling movie. Starring, starring Molly Parker, who I think is a very underrated actress. Very true. But Assassin's no. Creed, why is it? Why, why, no, why no here? Why no Ezio? Ezio is Does the best it have daddy. culture, really? Or did it make an attempt at culture and fade? I think Ezio's generation made culture. but the, And a lot of people latched onto it. They sold products for it. Mm. There was additional books written about it and all that jazz. And then when they went from Ezio to someone else, people were like, but what about daddy? Yeah. Like, there's not a whole what lot have- of open world games on this list, weirdly enough. Because open world games are fun, but they're not they don't have the same impact. Well, World of Warcraft, you could argue, is slightly getting closer to open world. But do you think the reason it's on this list is more so for the multiplayer aspect rather than world lore? Like, do you, do you think that, going I, back to it, is it more community or is it more gameplay? I think WoW is on this list because Blizzard does one thing correctly most of the time which is hyping up and building their community and almost forcing this culture to happen. Because, like, think about it, BlizzCon? Like, they take a huge, massive loss every time they do BlizzCon, but they bring in professional artists to do giant statues of people. They pay cosplayers to come in and do it. Like, they are trying to encourage and facilitate this building of culture for every game they have. 
You guys all have phones, right? Yes. <laughs> you, you want to talk about losses at BlizzCon? We, we can go there. Um. I, oh lord! I actually think the um the thing the thing that drives WoW is actually its raid guild culture. That's your hard. That's your core. Mm-hmm. Like I almost said, your hardcore, but that's not really what I mean. I mean like that's the core of people that live and die for this game that will play it until you force them not to. Mm, I mean, sure. you. That that is true in most MMOs. Uh, WoW was probably most likely the predecessor to this, and like really what popularized raid rating when it comes to MMOs. Um, but you'll see that a lot is that if a game has a difficult, challenging boss that requires like eight plus people to go at it and raid it, and it requires coordination, someone to lead them, and a huge team effort to get it done, there's a tight knit community or culture surrounding it. More so community, culture, potentially. I have one last question for y'all about this list because I'm noticing a little bit of a, of a trend here. Do you think age and nostalgia has anything to do with the, the pickings of this list? Because the earliest one that I'm seeing on here is like Rise of the Tomb Raider in 2015. Pong is on this list, man. Yeah, uh, iconic. I. I think he means most recent. Oh, earliest. most recent. Oh, yeah, no, uh, yeah definitely. I, I sorry, he, sorry. Yeah, most recent. My bad. <laughs> no, this was definitely written by somebody closer to my age than your age. Right. For sure. Because, like, the original Doom's on here, and I can't imagine a 23-year-old playing the original Doom going, I get it! Like, the hell is going on with this thing? I, I mean, think... That's kind of what I do on stream, but, you know, teach oh, I But you're so, so exceptional. Because you're my no, boy. So, uh, that is true. Thanks, Dad. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. I mod for <laughs> Travis's stream, and I mod for Travis's Discord. And I have moments where I just want to strangle Travis as he's playing these older games because I'm sitting here off to the side being like, yeah, Travis, it's from like eight years ago. And Travis is sitting there like, what do you mean? How do I get places? It got the worst in Halo where I was like, Travis, you just follow the lights. And you're like, what the fuck? Lights? So what? What do you mean lights? And I was like, Travis, the lights that are on the ground. You just follow the lights on the ground. And the entire time Travis is like, this game is so shit. All right, all right. So what I'm getting out of it? There's no directions. There's no dialogue. It's just like you're on a planet. You don't know who you are. All you know is you must kill. And I'm sitting here like, oh, for the love of God. Like, I at least have been taught uh, and made an effort to look at games from, from the time period they released. This was game design standards back then because we didn't have as much data or knowledge that we do now, right? Because not true. as many games had been released, hit the community, and then we were able to get feedback on it. Yeah. We also didn't really have the same hardware and technical uh, benefits that we have now to be able to push our ideas and add all these quality of life changes that we now can. So I look at, I can look at Halo and be like, for its time, what Halo did was amazing. Yeah. And it really iterated on the series. But then I sit here watching Travis play it on stream and I'm like, I'm going to bang my head against the desk this entire but, time. But here's what, the what thing, What I'm getting though. out of this is I should crash this stream periodically oh, definitely. as like a historian. Uh, yeah, I mean, essentially, that's what I'm doing. But the here's the thing, though, is that as I'm struggling through all of this, I'm getting validation from everyone in the chat being like, OK, so it wasn't just me being a dumb kid, you know, not being able to play video games that well. This game is difficult. Like yeah. there, there are difficult things to understand. And I think that's one thing, you know, the games nowadays 
I feel do a lot better job at not underestimating the player's knowledge, like not really, not really babying their audience. And I feel like that some of that just comes with, you know, games becoming more socially and, you know, widespread acceptability. But yeah, you, know, you look at some of these old titles, it's just like, well, n- no wonder like it, it didn't do good. This sucks to play. It's hard to play, yeah. Well, yeah. That, that relates to what Mazzy and I and Jake talked about in the episode that I just edited again. Is yeah, that yeah, the me? episode I was in that just edited, yeah. <sighs> Poor Jake. If he listens to this, he's just going to be so fucking heartbroken. <laughs> it's okay, Jake. Uh, I, I will do my best to never return as long as the ratings are low. <laughs> so if you don't like this podcast, hit that dislike button right now. <laughs> get rid of my ass. If you, if hashtag not my Jake. Not my Jake. <laughs> I need hashtag not my Jake trending in the comments, please. Or, or if you feel the opposite, hit like and do hashtag that's my boy. There you go. There you go. We're, we're starting a war on the Evil Quacks Twitter. I hope you know this. Oh, dear Lord. Uh... Love is the Evil Quacks Twitter that volatile? No, we're we're doing it. No. <laughs> right, uh, I'm gonna start making fake Twitter accounts right now. <laughs> Hello, oh. the media. <laughs> Why? <laughs> oh my god! But uh, we I'm talked not about a sequel. Other... Anyway, well, I still <laughs> want to talk about amnesia. I don't know if it's gonna be today or I'm, not. But I'm gonna play amnesia. I want to talk about amnesia. Uh, but. Mazio, Jake, and I talked about it in the episode that I just edited. Uh, these games, uh, way back when, were harder and more difficult, and partially because, one, we didn't really have a lot of information on how to properly communicate digitally to the player. Sure. Uh, because, again, not everybody was as technically savvy when these games started development. Not when they released, but when they started development. Mm. Where was technology at the time, and how prominent was it in the hot common household right that's right it's not because the children are soft as you <laughs> what we <laughs> now that the computers and consoles are in mostly every house right now i think pcs like back then pcs weren't really a common household thing way back when and now they're sure. almost in every household every household almost has a computer no. um so now we have a lot of more information on how humans interact with technology and we're able to tailor or improve on the user experience with the data that we have collected, which we didn't have back then. Um, well, and some of these too are fall under, you know, arcade rules of difficulty. Which is vastly different. Yeah. Like you, you make the first levable or levable, the first levable jazz. You make the first level at the very least, playable acceptable when it comes to the difficulty curves and then level two is just fuck you give me another quarter (laughs) so like space invaders you know i can see it's just like yeah i've beat you know stage one uh, level one of space invaders quite a few times bet your ass i didn't make it past level two suddenly difficult and and suddenly fuck you pay me (laughs) Well, I have beaten I have beaten Galaga made, a few times. I just want to say, I do not retract my statement that the children are soft in light of Travis's statement. 
All right. Uh, I'm not even soft. I was just poor. You ran out of quarters. I ran out of quarters. I ran out of Chuck E. Cheese tokens, damn it. (laughs) Um, But honestly, I think this has been an interesting talk. I think the most uh, interesting thing that at least I've got out of it that I want to think about more on and reflect more is Mazio's thing of a series previously had promised something and the series later on down the line fulfilled it. Uh, typically, I think we could. I think we could do a couple of those. Yeah. Um, Travis, since you are, this is your first time here on this podcast. One, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Two, we started doing this thing where we'll record an episode and then we'll let it sit for a few weeks and then do an aftershock of that episode. Of we thought a bit about what we said and kind of brewed on the topics. And if we have anything else that we want to say or talk about it further, uh, we'll record another one because. A lot of the times we record these pod, these episodes, uh, and we we reach a point that's a good point, and we have a good idea there, but there's not enough time in the episode to fully delve in to that For point sure. and think about it more, right? We so also call these do- the apology episodes. <laughs> Sorry, guys, <laughs> that we just rambled for over an hour. Editor's <laughs> notes. Um. But then we'll do like an aftershock after we've had time to sit on the topic and think about it more. So naturally, you are invited back if there's ever if there's an aftershock about this or if you think about this more and you say, wow, I wish I would have said that or wow, you know, thinking back on what I said, I, I actually have this in mind as well. Um, or, or if for some reason this hasn't filled you with regret. Yeah. Or if some, for some reason you don't regret hanging out with Mazio and I. I mean, I got adopted today, so like I can't complain too much. Happy adoption day. If it, wasn't for, if it wasn't for social distancing, I would clutch you to my bosom. <laughs> Such a warm embrace. Uh, I a little sweaty, to, but yeah. I am still interested <laughs> in doing uh, an amnesia episode, but Magia, Mazio, you want to play through amnesia a bit? Yeah, I was going to play it today then, probably. Okay. I'll, um, or like, I'll play it in the near future. I'll play it so we can record it in two weeks if you want to do that. I'm fine with that. Um, Travis, you are welcome to join us for that amnesia episode as well, if you would like, uh, if you have have time. Opinions. (laughs) And you don't hate us. New Jake coming in hot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but otherwise, I think that's going to be it for us for this episode. Unless you guys have any ending thoughts you want to say that I won't have to edit out. Quack. Damn, he good. I, 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 I know we don't generally do this, but I'm going to do this um, at least randomly. If you're remotely interested in a good book to read on creative philosophy, you should buy Creativity by John Cleese. It's very short. I think it's a little pricey. It's like 15 bucks or something like that. Um, but it is probably the best creative book I've ever read in like, what am I, like 22 years of doing this now? Do you want to send me a link and then I'll include a link in the description? For where to buy it, like on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or whatever? I guess I could put forth the smallest amount of possible Please. effort. That's all I ask, really. <laughs> could, could I also plug a, a, a random book about game stuffs? Oh, wait. You know what? Hold hold up. Reverse. Book Travis. Tra- Travis? Yes? You've plugged your Twitch channel, which is great. And I'm not biased because I mod it, which is great. And at one time... <laughs> Um, but why don't you also plug your, uh, your company? Yes. So myself and two other Drexel students, uh, decided to graduate during COVID and, uh, 
nobody was hiring. So we just said, fuck it. We're going to start our own company. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter and uh, on our website, grabbagdigital.com. That is two B's, grab bag digital uh we do a lot of vr content a lot of marketing for real estate agents a lot of 360 tours and uh hope to see you guys there if you're interested come check us out yeah and i will include links to that in the description as well this is gonna be a very link heavy description people brace yourselves (laughs) Uh, i want want all of these in just one block of one text no, no spaces just one massive hyperlink and wherever they <laughs> click luck. they gotta figure it out <laughs> good luck finding out which one you clicked on <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to make ourselves as close to dark souls the podcast as possible as possible <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise thank you for listening so much guys uh if you want more from evil quacks be sure to follow us on twitter or check out our website uh www.evilquacks.com Otherwise, uh, stay evil. Sub to evil on Twitch. Quack, quack. Quack.